and one person is the senior person and it's what it's their thing it's what they're really good at it's what they thrive doing it's what they volunteer for and you let them do it you let them get so so good at it so it's their thing and they fucking own it And then you pair them with a junior person who doesn't really know how to do this thing. They're a little hesitant, but that senior person is going to be so, so happy to teach their craft to somebody else. People love teaching. They love helping, especially when it's something they're confident in. Welcome to the Fit to Lead podcast where we talk all things service, leadership, and how to leave a legacy worth remembering. I am Natalie Hayes and today we are talking about how to lead when shit hits the fan, how to lead in chaos. Guys, we all know what's been going on with coronavirus and the world is just experiencing everything that it has ever known completely differently. People are facing problems that they've never faced before and let me tell you guys, We got some people falling out. I'm telling you, I've seen some people break and I'm not even on the front lines. I can't even imagine what it's like in the hospitals. This podcast is all about how to be a great leader and you have to be able to perform and lead in chaos just as well as you can when things are going normally. In fact, I would say chaos reveals your true character. It shows who you really are and what's important to you. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story of what inspired this podcast episode. And it's not a great, it's not a great example. It's a negative example of what not to do. But it reminded me of why knowing how to lead when things are not going your way is so important. So here where I'm stationed in Wiesbaden, Germany, I'm on a COVID response team. And we are led by a public health nurse as of course this is her area of expertise you know we're just a bunch of pogues we don't know (laughs) how to respond to a public health crisis so she's our leader my colonels everyone is looking to her for direction and from the jump it was very uneasy to be following this person because she wore her emotions on her sleeve a you could always tell when she was upset she complained about her hire to us So like she would say things like, oh, I got yelled at by this person to the whole group. And she was always back and forth in her decision making. For example, one day it was a weekend, a Saturday. So we only had about half the crew in so the other crew could get a day off. Something happened. We got a request in from the garrison commander that he wanted us to increase our workload by whatever amount. We had to call a bunch more people. We basically just got a lot of tasks dropped on our plate. She had my master sergeant. She said, call the other people in or get get everybody else to come in. And so, of course, she did. And she started initiating that and then, you know, started calling people, called our colonel, everything. And then halfway through the calls, she said, oh, no, no, stop, stop. They don't have to come in. They don't have to come in. So, okay, they don't have to come in. About two hours later, she she did it again. She said, call everybody in for whatever reason. I don't even remember, but she said, get everybody in here. We need everybody in here right now. And it was very emotionally, like, charged communication. And so then, of course, Maya started did it. Yes, ma'am. And she, she got on the phone. Again, you guys, again, this happened. She said... No, 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 we don't need to do it. We don't need to do it. Stop, stop, stop. Did did you even understand why this was a problem? And then, guys, I'm not kidding. I can't make this up. It happened again. The same day. This is all within four hours. She said, call everybody in here. And at that point, my master was like, 
okay, ma'am, can you tell me why? You know, before she gets on the phone with our colonel again. And she said, yes, you know, justified it, said we have to do this, called everybody in here. And so then she goes through with it. We get every, within two hours, everybody comes in. By this time, it's like 1800, 6 p.m. And then the task that we had to do, I guess we were going to wait until morning to do it. So everybody got sent home by 1845. So these people ended up coming in on their Saturday night, got their uniform on, drove in for 45 minutes of being told to go home. Now you can just imagine what a morale drop this was for those folks that had to come in for really no good reason and how much trust was lost in our leader in her decision-making this day. Now that's one bad example of someone I've worked for, but I have many more great examples of amazing leaders that I've worked for and learned from that have been able to hold themselves tall and handle chaos and pressure so well and have taught me so much. So I am here to share that knowledge with you guys, the do's and don'ts of leading when things get crazy, how to handle yourself and how to hold your head high at the end of the day. First, I want to describe the situation, what I mean by leading in chaos. So right now, the big example is obviously coronavirus. Things are not going according to anyone's plan right now. But it could be anything. It doesn't have to be related to coronavirus. It, this stuff could be applicable years down the road. It's just any time the situation dynamically changes in a way that you don't want it to. Maybe you've been working on a project for weeks and months, your team has, and then all of a sudden your boss walks in and says, yeah, we're not using any of this. You all need to change what you're working on right now. And things can get emotional, guys. You're like, I've put so much love and effort into this work, and now you're just telling me it doesn't matter and to start fresh on something new. That is, that's hard. Maybe you just got put in charge of this new effort, this new project that has never been done before. Nobody even knows how to help you with where to start and has to be done in a very timely manner. That is stressful, you guys. But great leaders don't let the stress break them down. We're going to go over, I think I have seven tips here on how to lead in chaos. The first step, and in my opinion, potentially the most important is to adjust yourself. Get a hold of your emotions, guys and gals. Great leaders are calm. They do not freak out if they feel overwhelmed, if they feel unappreciated, if they feel like they're not getting the credit they deserve. They don't show that and they especially don't show that to the people they're leading. Look, in chaos, there are plenty of people freaking out. You won't have to look far to understand that people aren't sure of what to do right now. But you can't be one of them, okay? You have to get it together. You have stuff to do and you have people looking up to you. So get it together. Along with that is figure out how to turn the switch on. So those of you in the military know that some days we work long ass days, like all freaking day, maybe you're only sleeping four hours a night and then you're getting up and putting in another 20 hour day. And then some days are just normal, like nine to five, and you regulate your energy differently in different environments. Figure out how to regulate your energy for those long days. You're going to have to switch and you might have to do it dynamically. Turn the switch on, Manage your expectations for what your workload is going to look like in the future coming up here and just mentally prepare, mentally and physically prepare to endure long and hard days. Turn it on. All right, so that was step number one, self-adjust and manage your own expectations. So you got yourself ready. Now, step number two, let's look outward at the situation. Step number two is to slow things the fuck down and fully assess the situation. 
It's entirely possible, and I, I fully understand this, that you just got a 10-minute in-brief, you don't even know really what's going on, and someone just says go, and now you and your team are supposed to execute. But I'm telling you, the time that you spend slowing things down in the beginning will deliver dividends on the back end. If you don't see the entire process, if you don't fully understand the commander's intent, if you don't see the end state and know what the fuck your true purpose is there, you likely will set up this entire system, this entire team, and not meet the commander's intent and have to go back to the beginning. And let's talk about time loss there. At the beginning, invest time to slow things down and fully see the big picture, not just your piece of it, but the end state, why are you there? What purpose do you serve? And that will help you fully understand how you can get there. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I know it's cheesy, you guys, but it's so true. And I've, hey, every single one of these mistakes I've made, I've made this mistake a lot as I just start running. And it's like, what am I even running towards? What are we even doing here? What are we even doing here, guys? Know what you're doing there. Know what you're doing there. Okay, I'm done repeating myself. All right, once you've adjusted yourself, once you've assessed the entire situation, now you can start to think about how you're going to set up your team. The biggest mistake that I see leaders do here is they think short-term and they think small gains for themselves. I actually did this recently. I was tasked with coming up with a system of how to manage data entry for all of our COVID cases in our garrison and all their firsthand contacts, just a lot of people. It started out with we had one positive case, but I didn't realize how vastly this thing could spread or how big it would get. So day one, without fully assessing the situation, I came up with a system of just me entering names in Excel. And man, did that get ineffective quickly. I didn't fully see the whole garrison. I just saw the small problem in front of me with this one positive COVID case. So my challenge to you is to think big picture and long term. Think how can I set up a system that will not only benefit me and my team, but the people that come after us that will benefit the unit five years from now? How can I set up something that is lasting? Truly great leaders or great commanders the changes that they make in their organizations, they feel that change very little. It's, it's really hard to feel the benefit of a change you enact immediately. And if it is, it's probably not a very lasting change, to be honest. But it's the people that come after them that benefit from the work that they put in, that the change that they enacted in their organization. And that's what you should be focused on. How can I make this a better place for the people that come into it after me. I've worked for so many great leaders like that, and it's just so inspiring to see how much pride, they have more pride in the organization than in their personal careers. And it's it's really, really amazing. And then I've also been disappointed in some commanders that I've worked for where you can tell that they, they simply just cared about their own image as a leader, and they were more concerned about how the organization could work for them and moving them along their career instead of the other way around, which it should be. So I challenge you to think big picture, think long term, and think how can I add value to this organization, not how can this organization add value to my career. All right, step number three, we have our clear goal now, we have our system set in place, what is the next step? 
This is where a lot of people come up short to you guys. And I'm telling you, people think that they're doing this enough and they're not. Over communicate your expectations. And this is not just in the military, but it's in literally every organization worldwide is that people think they're sharing information. People think everyone's on the same page and they're simply not. I'm telling you, your soldiers, your, your employees, they want to do good work for you. They want to perform, but oftentimes it's not that they're bad at what they do. It's just that they didn't understand what the expectation was. I used to have a boss, and this is a great, great leader. He would, for all the soldiers next to their computer in the talk, he would tape down the expectations of the what they needed to produce by when and who they needed to send it to. Everything was crystal clear, cut and dry. And I'm not saying you have to do that. But I'm saying if you do that, there will be no unanswered questions. There will be nothing left to interpretation and what a great feeling. Why not cover that base if you can? Why not just make sure, over make sure everyone understands the situation? So not only as a leader as it, is it your job to communicate your knowledge and expectations to the people working for you or working with you. You definitely need to make sure you do that. But also it's your job to facilitate cross communication between the entities. You see this a lot in the Intel world where these smart, smart folks are working on different problem sets. Somebody's over here working on one thing, someone's over in the other corner working on another thing. And the information that they're harvesting is so valuable and it's so valuable to each other and they don't know it. Maybe the one searching for one thing that the other found or one has this product that would make the other person's job so much easier, but they're just not sharing the information. It's your job as a leader to ensure that the group is coming together, that not only everyone is rowing in the, on the boat, rowing in the same direction, but that everyone is sharing information. And how do you do this? Okay, this is where I get into the difference between a meeting and a sink. Meetings suck. <laughs> They're long and boring and they have PowerPoints and nobody likes them. Nobody wants that. Nobody has the time. A sink is different. A sink can be done in 10 to 15 minutes and it's just an opportunity for everyone in the group to get some face time with the rest of the group to say what you're working on, what you've produced, where you're at in your problem set, challenges you're having, any help that you need. It's a great way for to have touch points with your people. And I don't recommend, I see some leaders do this, instead of having group syncs where we just pause for 10 minutes and everyone talks, they just go around to each person and they're like, hey, you doing okay? You need anything? You doing good? And that's it. That's great for you and that person. But what about that person and the rest of the fucking group? There's so much knowledge to be shared and to think that Everyone just already knows everything that the other person is doing is foolish. And we need to facilitate cross-communication as leaders. That is 100% our responsibility. So we are over-communicating our expectations and we are facilitating cross-communication between the smart, smart people working for us. Okay, next step is manage your talent effectively. And by this, I mean, let people do what they're good at for goodness sake. Now, you'll be at a significant advantage if you know your team well here. So if you have the privilege of working with the team and you're not in chaos, 
You need to take this time to get to know them, to propose different problems to them, and to help you and help them figure out what they really enjoy doing and what they're good at. My advice is in an ideal world, you have two people assigned to each task. And one person is the senior person, and it's what it's their thing. It's what they're really good at. It's what they thrive doing. It's what they volunteer for. And you let them do it. You let them get so, so good at it. So it's their thing, and they fucking own it. And it's just awesome to see that ownership take place. And then you pair them with a junior person who doesn't really know how to do this thing. They're a little hesitant, but that senior person is going to be so, so happy to teach their craft to somebody else. People love teaching. They love helping, especially when it's something they're confident in. So you let people get good at what they like doing, and then you pair them with somebody and you let them teach. This way you have at least two people that know how to do any task. So if someone has gets tasked out for something else or if shit hits the fan, there's always a backup person. All right, number five, I believe. It is our job as leaders, as supervisors, whatever it is you are, to manage the energy of your team and to do everything you can to prevent burnout. I know that in the middle of a catastrophe, this can seem impossible. But even if it's one person gets a half day off every eight days, whatever you can do, whatever you can spare, it is, it is a priority to make sure that your people don't fall out because they will fall out if you burn them out too fast. And not only that, but way before they fall out, the morale is going to drop if you work them too hard and especially if you work them too hard and don't show appreciation for what they're doing. So in order to keep the energy up, the production high and the morale high, A, Show great, great appreciation for the work that your team is doing for you. You know that they're feeling it too. They're right there in the sub with you. So just let them know how much you appreciate them. And two, do everything you can to give them recovery time. Literally, it's so, it's so, so important to your readiness, to your production, to how your team works. People need to recover. So do everything you can to get them that time that they need. All right, so number six, and I think I've said all of these are very important. <laughs> One of the most important ones, okay, is to swallow your pride and seek bottom-up refinement. Guys, how you set things up or your ideas may not always translate as the situation evolves. A plan is only as good as your first contact, right? So stay mentally agile, meaning stay flexible, stay open to change. I know that can be really hard, especially when you're like, oh, I have this great idea of how it's going to go in my head, but it just doesn't go that way all the time. It just doesn't. And it's hard. It, and it, that goes back to managing your emotions. Just be calm and don't be prideful. Some of the best ideas come from the least experienced folks because they don't have those biases of, oh, we've always done it this way, or this is what the book says, or this is what my teachers taught me. So seek ideas from those junior level, level folks, and I'm not saying take all of them, but I'm saying consider them and be open to new ideas, be open to change, and again, just be open, be ready for another change in your mission and to have to start all over from the beginning. It's just the way this goes. I know it's frustrating, and that goes back to the better that you can manage your emotions, be calm, just take a deep breath and move forward, put one foot in front of the other, the better leader you're going to be because that nonsense is not going to stop coming at you. This is a world of chaos, guys. We never know what, what's coming next. We really, really don't. You can think you do, but truthfully, nobody knows. 
Nobody knew coronavirus was going to come and rock this world. Nobody knew that. Again, just stay mentally agile, manage your emotions, slow things the fuck down and assess the situation. Think big picture, long term. How can you make this better for the people that come after you? Over communicate your expectations to your people and facilitate cross communication. Know your team well enough to be able to manage their talent effectively, let people do what they're good at and take ownership, and manage the energy of your team to prevent burnout. That's what I got for you guys. I hope this episode provided you some value in this uncertain time. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to please leave me a review and let me know what you loved about it. Please share it with a friend. And guys, I cannot wait to talk to you next time. God bless. God bless.